Hello, you're listening to the Co-Create Work podcast with Lakita Williams and Chloe Anderson. At Co-Create Work, we help leaders just like you build companies that change lives. Each week on this podcast, we talk all things leadership, personal development, well-being, lifestyle, and creating the capacity it takes to build a great company with more ease and alignment. Welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast. Hello, co-creators. Welcome to this episode of the Co-Create Work podcast. And we are talking all things partnerships this week. As you all know, Chloe and I went into partnership together last year. And so we are super excited to have Christy, Chrissy and Elia with us today from Data Driven Rebels to talk about their partnership and all things partnership. I know already, Chloe, that this is one of the most requested episodes that we have. Folks want to know and learn about partnership. And I think that they are going to learn so much from the episode today. Welcome. Yes, welcome. So we have Chrissy and Elia, who are a pair of data-driven growth consultants who bring together over 30 years of marketing experience to support their clients in making tens of millions of dollars by building a marketing ecosystem that leverages data to build relationships at scale. When their powers combine, Wonder Twin style, they specialize in elevating brand visibility through paid media that drives qualified traffic to cohesive marketing that creates quality conversions. They're known for their refreshing honesty, no holds barred, contrarian opinions, disarming humor, and ADHD rabbit holes. Welcome, Chrissy and Elia. (laughs) Welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for having us. I love to hear that this is your most requested episode because before we partnered, it definitely would have been one of mine. So <laughs> I'm excited we get to spill the tea and give everybody behind the scenes what goes on in our our world over here. Yes, yes. I love it. And I just want to say I met Elia and Chrissy at a conference and heard Chrissy speaking about the her business and hiring and different approaches. So I was just fascinated by that to begin with. And that's what made me go, oh, there's another partnership here because a lot of times at these things we meet, you know, individual founders, solopreneurs, we don't hear as much about partnerships. So Elia, I totally understand why you're like, I would have loved to have heard this before we partnered. And I think lots of people are in that same boat. So with that... Let's dive in. So I am curious, even initially, Chrissy, you founded the business in 2021. And then what made you start to think about partnership? Um, That's actually, that's a really interesting question because um, I didn't ever think about partnering with anyone. Um, So I started the business, like you said, in 2021. And I was very happy doing my own thing, living in my own little world, doing what I did, which was ads and and data. And kind of through happenstance, Elia and I ended up working together on mutual clients. So I think what, about a year and a half ago now, we had two mutual clients like back to back. And it was one of those experiences where I'm sitting across the Zoom, right? With this other person going, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> you have a very complimentary skill set to what I do. Um, you do a thing that I do not want to do, but you do it really well. And you do it in a way that my brain understands and completely respects. So it was from working together with those two clients that then I started going, well, what would it look like if, 
And at the same time, her brain was also going, I wonder what it would look like if, but when she tells the story, she tells it from the vantage point of, I was just thinking about, you know, maybe we would have more mutual clients. Maybe we could do some collaboration. I, I, I was done. I'm like a cannonball in the deep end kind of person. So at that point, after we had finished with those clients, I was like, what would it look like if we just took our two businesses and literally I did this motion. You can't see me because this is audio, but I'm holding my hands far apart and I'm like literally bringing them together and like squeezing my hands and interlacing my fingers. Like what would it look like if we took our businesses and literally smashed them together? And that was kind of how that conversation came about. Oh, wow. I love that so much, Kirstie. And we have found when we talk to people about partnership, usually there has been some sort of relationship that folks have had before they've made the decision to initiate that conversation. Elia, from your perspective, I know Chrissy said yours is a bit different from her perspective. How How did the partnership come together? Yeah, it's funny. We joke all the time, like we're an old married couple. Like, you know, so we have our own versions of how we met <laughs> Like when our anniversary it. is it right. Like we both have our own dates for when the anniversary is, uh, but it wasn't that far off. It was, you know, I was working behind the scenes, as Chrissy said, and these clients and, you know, you've been around for long enough. You kind of get, I, I guess, a little jaded by people who say they're really good at something, but then you see their output and you're like, yeah, not really what <laughs> I would think is my standard of execution, but okay. Like, you know, you do you. And she was one of the first people that I came across who she was obviously very intelligent in the way that she articulated what she did. But then when I saw her execute, I was even more blown away. So when I saw her have conversations about things and I saw the level of integrity she brought to what she did, which is very difficult as an ads manager, it's really easy, I think, as an ads manager to just say everything looks really great. Here's how you know the data looks. She was having really honest conversations about like, you guys are spending a lot of money and you're not going to get the return. And I don't think this is a good idea. And I was just really like blown away by not only like her level of integrity, but how she could come into conversations so well-informed, obviously understood what was going on behind the scenes. Just the execution was blew me away. And that's something that can be very rare to find. Um, And so I came to her and said, what do you think we should do about, you know, doing some more work together but I will say that she's accurate when she did just look at me and put push her hands together. And she's like, what if we just do this? And I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting like proposal on the first date, but like, here we are. Okay. Right. I love, I love that analogy, that proposal on the first date. And I am curious. So Chrissy, you mentioned you're kind of a cannonball into the deep end. Like, let's just go for it. And Elia, you weren't necessarily on that same page. So what things made you both feel like this was the next right move? I'm laughing yeah. so hard right now because I'm going to give you the honest answer before Chrissy gives her answer, which is her relentless memes and gifts over a weekend. <laughs> relentless. They didn't end. So what do you, what do you think now? Are, we, are you saying yes yet? How about that? And listen, that's... Also, the secret to a long and happy partnership is a lot of memes and gifts constantly. And I'll let her give the actual answer. Yeah. So um, it's it's funny because Elia actually reminds me in a lot of ways of my actual spouse in that she likes to really think and think through all of the options and take her time and not make rushed decisions. That is great. And it has its place. 
but it frustrates me sometimes because I am so much like, I'm already, I'm already there. I'm already 10 steps ahead of you. I've already made this choice. Like, let's go. So she's not wrong. I had already made the choice. I had actually made it five days before, uh, before I even asked her if she wanted to like partner. Um, so over the weekend I did, I was just like relentless. I'm like, we just, come on. We're going to just keep thinking about it until I get an answer, whether it was yes or whether it was no. Um, I just wanted her to give me some sort of an answer. Oh, wow. Yes. I love this so much. I So with things, it sounds like, Chrissy, you were moving things along quickly. I'm also a very quick mover, decision maker like that. And Elia, you, you had some processing to do. How did you all, the decision is made. How did you go and start to blend things together? What did that look like in kind of some practical steps that you all took to bring the two businesses together? Yeah, it's kind of funny because one of the things that Chrissy said to me when I finally was like on the verge of saying yes, she was like, listen, I made you um, your own like email. It's now Elia at datadrawnrebel.com. She's like, we've sealed the deal. It is done. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so, so yeah, so that was kind of the very first, the like real tactical thing that she did. She like made me my email and got me in whatever. And then, um, uh, obviously like moved into Slack right away, um, made the announcement on social pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, Chrissy is a, a quick shot. She will just move on things, which I've learned to respect that. Um, begrudgingly sometimes <laughs> I've learned to respect that there is great, there are great things that come out of moving quickly, even, even if I have to process later. So, um, we very quickly just got into sort of like, how do we transition our audiences into understanding what this partnership is about, which I think people underestimate that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, It took us probably a solid year to help people understand what the new business, what the new partnership really looked like and the problems we were solving now together and how we were doing that and how we were supporting clients. I think people think when you create a partnership, you just can immediately step off onto like a new level of operating and people will just get it. And it's not, it's almost, we both very much experienced. We had to kind of go back to square one um, and we made it, you know, a lot faster. Everything did happen a lot quicker because we came with all of the screw ups and the lessons from all of our time working independently. Uh, we were able to make that transition a lot quicker. But um, the first thing we really did was kind of like leapt into uh, updating our audience really on what it was, updating the website, updating kind of all those marketing pieces, because those are the pieces that the background that we come from. Yeah. And I think too, we had also early on decided to keep the data driven rebel brand. Um, That was something that Elia liked. It vibed, it fit with her vibe, it fit with us. So we didn't have to go out and create an entirely new brand identity either. Um, So that was also part of the audience transition too, because they were used to DDR just being mine. And so now here's DDR and we're introducing a second person. What does that look like? How does that change the offers Um, forward facing? But for us, I think behind the scenes, it was business as usual in a lot of ways because we had already worked on several mutual clients. So it was a really interesting kind of juxtaposition for the two of us kind of having to slow, slow down for the forward facing marketing so that everybody else could kind of catch up. But where we were behind the scenes, we we were already ready. We were ready to serve. We were serving 
several clients in that capacity already. So it was, it was really interesting. I think that what really the first eight to 10 months was fascinating. Yeah. the into It sounds like what you're saying there is like integration behind the scenes, super fast. And then you had to bring everyone else really along for the journey. You, with that, for you all's individual roles and responsibilities, besides like we, we see this in our work, there's the work of delivering for the client. And then there's the work of building and running the business. How do you all think about those roles that are kind of more behind the scenes? And how did you make the decision on what that, what those roles would look like? It's an interesting question because I think a lot of the time, you look at it and sometimes there's this like big list of things and it's just like, I'll do this, you do that, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's always been this very natural delegation because our skill sets are so very different. There has never been a time where two of us have been interested in doing the same thing. More often than not, it is, please go handle this and then please go handle that. So that for us has always has worked really well. Uh, the only time we ever have to really like pin down who is doing what is uh, when it comes to client communication. And really sometimes that's just like a rock, paper, scissor who wants to handle the message. <laughs> Elliot gets to handle a lot of the creative stuff, the writing stuff. Um, I do most of the behind the scenes techie stuff. Yeah. And I think we, you know, we, we, came into it with so much mutual respect for each other that I think where partnerships can get maybe a little sticky is when the visionary stuff gets really muddled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that really like top level, where are we going? What are we doing with the business? What are, why are, why are we here? Kind of thing that can get real sticky if there's not this really deep level of respect. And we came in with that, that like I have the utmost respect for Chrissy and she could, she, she could throw out the wildest ideas and trust me, she has. (laughs) And I'll be like, you know what? (laughs) There might actually be something to that because I just have this such a deep level of respect that, that it's, we don't, we just don't have issues in terms of like visionary or really high level execution or what we're going to do we really don't have issues. And I think it stems from that. Oh, I love that. I think that's so what you're highlighting for me is like clarity around roles. It's like, Hey, this person is working on this portion. uh, The other person is working on this portion and we respect each person to own and manage their space. How do you go about shared decision-making? So is it like that? What, you know, if you're running this area, you make the final decisions. Do you find you all come together for a lot of decision-making pieces? How do you do that? Yeah, we do have a, a process. I mean, it's not like we do this completely willy-nilly. We we <laughs> immediately, um, not immediately, but about six months into the business, decided to go and find a mentor who could help us with some of this visionary stuff. Um, both having ADHD, our, our sort of Achilles heel is too many ideas, <laughs> too many things we want. We had, to, we had to come up with a filter sort of of how to do that and execute. So we did go and actually learn a process. And so we do have really clear vision and values that we then turn into sort of our quarterly planning and breakdown into what we want to accomplish. And every Monday we do meet and and kind of say, okay, this is what has to happen this week 
in order to move, you know, that vision forward. But when it comes to, we learned really early that we um, are really bad. Both of us are really not skilled at micro managing anything. It's like, I will just say, this is the vision of what I have, Chrissy, and she will just go make it happen. Um, And so that's kind of like the end of the decision-making. If, if she owns it, we do certainly, you know, because of that really clear delineation between sort of copy messaging and then tech and sort of data and all the other stuff that Chrissy does um, in the business, it's, there is such a clear sort of role there that it's like, once it's handed off, Again, like, I don't, I try not to, she might have different opinions here, but I really (laughs) don't get involved at that point. I'm like, you go do whatever works. Like, I think more often than not, I'm able to just say whatever works. Like, I don't want to have my hands in it. I know this is not my area. This is not my whatever. So aside from the visionary stuff, um, you know, when it comes to the actual, like executing the tasks, we really don't cross paths at all. We're just very clear of like, nope. Don't want to, don't want to know how it gets done. You go do your thing. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with all of that. I think the biggest thing, sometimes we circle back to each other and we're like, Hey, can you give me feedback on, or Hey, could you look at, but it comes more from this place of respecting the other person's perspective and opinion than it does from like this micromanagey. I wanted it this way and you're doing it wrong uh, kind of a way or, Hey, this line of copy isn't quite going to work on the page the way that you hoped it would go look and tell me what you think. Like, so it's really collaborative in that way. But I think too, it also comes back to what Elliot said earlier about, about respect. I think there's another piece of this Chrissy that I just like sort of figured out as we were going through this. Chrissy taught me an immense amount about not fearing failure and not fearing screwing things up. That is something she taught me just hugely in the last year. She has like no fear of trying things. It is like at the basis of everything we do is, is FAFO, you know, like F around and find out, like go do the thing and find out. And so oftentimes if there's like a piece of copy or something, I'll send it to her and be like, she'll make the tweaks or the suggestions or whatever, but there's no fear that it's going to be the quote unquote wrong decision or quote unquote wrong piece of copy, because that's part of what we do is we put it out and then she'll look at the data and be like, okay, this isn't quite working because of this is what I'm seeing. And then we problem solve. So there isn't that enormous like weight or pressure when we begin something to have it all figured out before we start. And I think that really helps in our decision-making process is like, it doesn't really matter until it matters. Like, put it out. Let's see what happens. Like go do whatever needs to be done. And then we'll like work with it after. I think that's a huge, I hadn't thought about that, but I think that does have pretty like pretty significant implications on how we actually execute things. Cause we don't carry the weight of possibly screwing something up in the same way that I think a lot of people do. I, I love that like reframe of FAFO <laughs> as far as yeah. like, it's about possibilities. Cause I think frequently it's used negatively, but I love that as far as like the trust that you have between each other and that you've created that expectation that like, it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to try things. It's okay to test things out, which feels very much like a partnership versus it feels like a partnership. I'm curious for you all, do you have a team or a a group of people that you work with as well, even if they're external partners? And what does that look like as having a a company that's a partnership? Yeah, so this is a fun story. So we did. um, 
when we merged businesses, I had a small team. I I had a um, an agency, a, a full agency. And as time went on, we actually learned that's not what we wanted. Um, so now it's just the two of us because when you have two very high visionary ADHD people at the top, everything underneath of that can sometimes become a lot more difficult. So for us, the decision was, does one of us want to step into that managerial role and really do those things? Or do we want to hire somebody to do those things? Or do we want to restructure the business in a way that we don't have to do those things? Um, And we chose the latter. So now it's just the two of us. And then we have a few trusted uh, contractors that we will outsource to when we need to. It was very, very intentional for us um, when we looked at what we were capable of doing. And then we had to make the decision of, do we do what we're capable of for the sake of doing it and making the money and whatever, or do we choose to make decisions based on the life that we, the lives that we want? And Chrissy and I, both mothers, spouses, um, complex families, both of us have lots of things, like everybody does, there's lots of things going on. And it was like, yeah, we can build a full team, but I personally can't, I'm not good at leading a team in this way um, because I move very, very, very quickly. Um, And for me to slow down is very frustrating. And it was the conversation of like, okay, so we get into the realm of, do we want to hire an integrator and an OBM to manage a team just for the sake of building a large agency? Or do we completely change our expectation of what we want and build something that is actually sustainable and like we always do, buck the system and kind of screw the rest of it, right? Like, (laughs) wait a minute, we actually don't want to do that. We're not very good. It's really difficult to find someone who can come in in an integrative role with two, again, highly visionary, very fast moving because we're not afraid of failing, ADHD, like do we want to be reined in? Is that going to be a good position for somebody else to be in? Like we had to really think about the quality of team, the quality of who we were bringing in. And I don't mean the quality of the people. I mean, the quality of their working condition, because it's not easy to work with us. Like, you know, by the time they figure out how to map something and click up, we're like 10 steps down the road on a completely different project. And we're like, that's done, right? Like, So we just had to change. Okay. If that's not going to be possible, if that's not really what we want, then what does that change about the business we want to create and how we want to create that? So it was really intentional in that way. I really appreciate that thought around uh, that you mentioned there, Elia, is sustainability. And what does sustainability and work look like for you all? And we talk about that all the time as well of like, uh, having a business that centers on well-being <laughs> and centers on sustainability and what feels in the right way to work for everyone who works there. So, you know, I appreciate you all saying for potential employees, what would this workplace feel like? And we want to create the type of workplace where folks can feel good. So for now, that feels like the two of us and trusted partners running this business. You mentioned quarterly planning, which is something we love. We love planning overall. What's your all's cadence for planning right now as you think about, you know, next steps and and what does the next version look like? Um, How often do y'all come together for planning and what does that look like for you? 
Yeah, we try to do um, big picture planning really once a quarter or towards the end of the quarter. And for us, um, I know early on in my entrepreneurial journey, everybody was like, you have to you know, go 12 week year. You have to have everything like written out. Your goals have to be like hard and fast and you have to stick to them. And I hated that. Um, so for us, it is much more flexible. It is much, um, we look at it and we go, where are we right now? How, how do we feel about where the business is? What are the experiments that we want to try to get us to the desired outcome or where we want to go? What hypothesis do we need to test to get the desired outcome in the next three months? Um, so it's a little bit more scientific in the way that we kind of formulate and reframe the way that goals actually get to look for us. Um and in doing it that way and making it more of like an experiment, um, I think it's more fun. I have more yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. We just actually took our community through quarterly planning. And I think most of them were like, wait a minute. You mean I don't have to like plan out every single moment of my life for the next, you know, <laughs> nine months, 12 months, whatever, <laughs> which again, like doesn't work for us because we, we move quickly and we pivot quickly. We learn really quickly is the thing. We're failure fueling innovation is one of our like main core tenants of what we do, our values. Um, and so, yeah, like Chrissy said, like we, we do think sort of what is the, again, like what is the, what are the moves we're going to have to make to sustain the business, to sustain the life we want to live? And then what do we have to faffo with to get there? What's the next thing we're going to kind of faffo with? And it is very scientific and it is very data-driven, but I think a lot of people get that messed up and think that means that it's all numbers and we are big believers in qualitative and quantitative data. And if something feels like awful and we never want to do it again, we're going to find a way to never do it again. We're just going to faffo until we figure something else out. Like that's how we, that's how we roll. That's how we operate. Um, and then Chrissy has some really great um, tools about making sure that we're just choosing goals that are really relevant to where we want to go and actionable. And if they don't kind of fall into the, both of those categories, they just don't they don't make the cut. So making it really clean and streamlined um, and things we've picked up from other people, um, coaches and mentors about keeping it really simple. We're just all about simplifying. Christy and I are in this kind of era right now or this season of like, how can we make it simpler? How can we simplify this? Um, which again is a huge challenge because of the way that we are. Um, but it's a good challenge because it helps to keep us in line and focus as we move through a quarter. I love that simplification and that clarity piece, right? In terms of your decision-making, I think that's something that is so helpful when it comes to working with anyone, but especially partnerships is kind of that clarity of approach and how we're going to make decisions, how we're going to decide on what we're doing. Um, I, to shift gears just a little bit, I'm curious as you were, I know the decision was pretty fast for you, Chrissy, as far as the partnerships. I'm curious, as you were thinking about the actual partnership and the structuring of it, like legally, financially, what support would you recommend to people? What was helpful for you? Obviously not not getting into the details of your partnership, but, but just the things that you think other people would be useful for other people who are thinking about this might want to consider. Yeah. Um, go talk to a lawyer. Um, that is my, my, my first one and go talk to a lawyer who is familiar with online business. And that is a niche that is actually 
kind of hard to find um, because a lot of attorneys out there are very familiar with brick and mortar and those kind of partnerships. And in the online world, it, it's just it's just a little different. We're different. So that that's a biggie. And one of the things that we we thought about a lot heavily was what if the partnership fails, right? Because we're not really worried about failure. What if it fails? What if it doesn't work? So that was something that we wanted to make sure, like if it doesn't work and if we split, what does Chrissy that gets to like? keep? What does that look like? Yeah. Does Chrissy get to keep DDR? What happens to Elia? Like, what does that look like? Um, so just making sure that you're having those conversations and you you have an out plan because not you don't like to think about that when you're going into something new and exciting, but at the same time, better have a plan. Um, and so for all of that, I just go talk to a lawyer. Yeah. And I would add also to make sure that you understand the financial implications of a partnership Yep, because there are many, um, like the first thing that I did was called up my like mortgage people. (laughs) Like if we want to buy a house in the next year, does this change? You know, does this impact? Um, you know, we called up all our financial people and, and just like, I wanted to understand all the implications that a partnership could potentially have. And there are some, there are definitely some that we had to, to work through. Um, so certainly understand that there will be financial implications, tax implications, legal implications, go talk to all the people, collect all the information you need based on your scenario. Um, and I think if you start a partnership out, like we were really clear and open with each other about like, this is what has to happen for my family, for me to feel safe in this partnership. Um, and so therefore I'm going to need these kinds of things in place in order to make that happen. Like, I know that Chrissy knows like all about my family situation and what it requires for me to feel comfortable and safe. Um, and vice versa. And so we're making decisions from that place all the time. Like there's more people kind of, you know, involved in this than just her and I, there's more implications than just that. And I think this is so powerful because to Chrissy's point about the excitement uh, and people are feeling ready to go. And Elia, what you said about, we sat down and we talked about it's bigger than these two people, right? That there are other considerations that we want to make here. And I think it's actually a lot more similar to what the future of work should look like, right? And what we want it to look like, which is that we come together and make these community-based decisions on how we're going to partner and what is important to everyone across the company, knowing that we have different ratings on different areas. And if we can get into conversation about that, and it's so critical to do that way ahead of signing any paperwork, but it you're able to clear up and in most cases, build in the types of things into a legal agreement that would make everybody feel comfortable. So it's such a beautiful breakdown of that. Yeah. And I would say like, it goes beyond the legal agreement. Like even now, and what we're doing in the business, we will often check in, you know, our Monday morning meetings, uh, we'll check in and be like, where are you at? Like out of a hundred, how much do you have to bring to this relationship? Which is something that Brene Brown said on a podcast. I was just thinking that. Yep. Yep. Oh man. It's brilliant. (laughs) Like when I say like the marriage stuff, I mean, I mean it like in this partnership, we will often come together and be like, how much do you have to give this week? Like, And sometimes I don't even need to know all the details of why it's maybe whatever it is. I just need to know how much you have to bring because if, you know, Chrissy's got 50 and I've got 
40 or she's got 20 and I've only got 20. Like we're going to have to adjust expectations. And some weeks she's got 20 and I'll bring a hundred and say, you know what? Just give me 10. It's okay. What you got is okay. I can bring a hundred. And other weeks I'm like, listen, I brought a hundred the last couple of weeks and I'm, I've only got like maybe 20 or 30. And she's like, that's fair. I, I'm bringing more. Like I'll find a way to bring a little more. And we do that every Monday of outside of obviously what just happens with family and life and just being human. It's like, you know, taking the entire person into account, which is what we do in everything. <laughs> and we bring, we, you know, ask our, our clients and our group members to consider the same, um, bringing all of who you are as a person and saying, this is what my capacity is based on all of that. You know, we just did quarterly planning and we decided for most of the people in our group membership, we, we told them, you know, pick three things you want to focus on this quarter. And one of those things can be your family. And that's okay. And that means the business gets two. And that is okay. That is the way it should be. As it's not not separate. Like, so we do that with each other often. We're, you know, we're very open about what's going on and what that means. And the other person can step up, or when we don't have the energy to step up anymore, we're open and being like, I just I, I don't have it. So either we renegotiate the expectation for the week as a whole and go, okay, then the business is getting 20% this week, period. Or the other person can say, that's okay. I have a little more to give this week, but it has to be flexible. It has to be accepting of where the other person is. It has to happen without judgment that, well, then that means this week, something's not going to get done. Like that all has to go on the back burner because you're dealing with two humans, two lives, two families, Two people living through all the stuff we're living through in, as being people at this right now at right. this point in time. And that all has to come into play. All of it. The conversation piece of like, um, we need to start from a place of talking <laughs> and getting in alignment together and having a conversation. And we do see sometimes that folks will have really clear systems in place around the structure or decision making and a co- the conversation piece is missing, which means that the human element is missing. Oh, it's so powerful. I think yeah. people are going to get so many good takeaways from what you all have outlined here. Yeah, we're okay. we're very much like the opposite. Like the structure, the systems, they don't work well for us because of the way we both operate. Just again, high visionary, very fast, all those things. So we really work the opposite is like, you know, Chrissy and I have the conversations we don't really want to be having. We have them. We just yeah. know <laughs> that if you don't have those, nothing else matters. Having the conversations, I think a hundred percent, like, you know, like makes all the difference for us. Yeah, that is the system. The yeah, conversation. I was going to say, yes, that, that <laughs> Monday morning it. conversation, you all talking through that you it. Can is, depend on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Well, I think we'll have so many questions. So we might have to ask you all if you can grace us with your time again for a follow up, because I know people have tons of questions questions. But we would love before we kind of go into our closing question to hear from each of you, what has been your biggest win so far and the biggest challenge so far in going into partnership? I think most people, when they hear the biggest win, people default and they tell you like money, right? It's like everybody wants to tell you like it's a revenue thing. But actually for me, the biggest win and the biggest challenge are are one and the same. And that's actually 
building a business with another person. Um, because I cannot tell you how much of a drastic improvement Elia has made to my business and my life as a human. Right. Hmm. But that's all. That's not to say it doesn't come with its own challenges. Like building a, a successful partnership is work. It's, I mean, just as much work as a marriage, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. So that is by and large my the biggest win and and also the biggest challenge for me. I would 100% agree. I was like, my brain doesn't even go to revenue or anything like that. Or even, you know, we've had the pleasure of supporting amazing clients, but even then... I think the biggest win and the biggest challenge for me is similar to, you know, how I think about my, my spouse, which is like, they have helped me grow in just incredible ways. And Chrissy has helped me grow in ways that I really didn't know I needed to grow, but I did. And she pushed me to grow in those ways. Damn it. I'm not a crier, Chrissy. (laughs) Okay. You know, I think everyone on the call is getting emotional here. (laughs) But it is. I mean, that's the truth. That's totally the truth. You go through business when you're going through your business, your own way. And it's, it's incredibly difficult, but in a lot of ways, but then on the other hand, you know, if you're, when you're doing it by yourself, it's like everything you do is of your own choosing of your own design or whatever. When you're doing it with someone else, it forces you to stretch in ways you didn't know you had to, or could stretch. It brings up challenges that you had no idea ever existed and you grow in ways you never expected. And the impact Chrissy has had on me in terms of my people pleasing, my desire to constantly be right, my need for perfection, how fast or slow I move, you know, um, and really like dismantling a lot of the things that I put on myself of how perfect I think things need to be before I can do things like that has changed my life not just my business. So it's biggest challenge and biggest win is definitely the same and how, how she's helped me grow. Oh, so beautiful. I think everyone is going to listen. Like I should do a partnership. (laughs) It's partnership to bring so much value. And we definitely find that. And for our listeners as well, even if you're not in the partnership, so many of the things that Chrissy and Elia outlined here will be so beneficial for you to think about within the context of your team and how you partner with people. So we are so, so grateful to have you all story. Thank you so much. I love all of this so much. And now we're to our final question and we want each of you to answer these individually. What do you view as the top three attributes that make you a successful leader? Oh, this is fun. Okay. So I'm just going to go straight off the hip and I'm going to go first so that Ellie doesn't steal any of my, any of my, my answers. <laughs> um, so the first, the first <laughs> um, my first one is always um, be open-minded, right? I think as a leader, we sometimes can get stuck in our own head and get, get in our own way a lot. But I've learned if we can just take a step back and be open to other perspectives and open to other ideas, oftentimes it can make us actually better or make the final outcome better. Um, the other one is be okay with failure. Like Elia mentioned earlier in the podcast, failure is not something that scares me. And if you're, if you are a leader who is always afraid of failing, I think you end up holding back 
Um, and that doesn't do you any good and it doesn't do your team any good. It doesn't do your clients any good. Um, so yeah, just embrace that. And the, the last thing that makes me a successful leader, I'm going to go with the fact that I tend to speak my mind. I am very, very blunt and very, very honest. And sometimes that gets me in trouble. Uh, but more often than not, um, it's helpful. So yeah, those are my three. Great. Love those. Love those so much. And Elia? I'm just going to preface this by saying that I had these written down, so I didn't steal them from Christy. <laughs> important notes incredibly important in fact i will be taking a picture and screen and sending it to chrissy later (laughs) i did not steal. i just put them in a slightly different order and i called them slightly different things um so the first one which i'm like shocked chrissy didn't say she said it as her third but she actually has like her term for it which is really really important to what we do is radical ownership it's the same thing we own our mess ups. We own our decisions. We own our thoughts. We own our words. We own all of it. Like just radically accepting that that's just the way we are and whatever. And we do that. We've done that with clients in the past. You know, I think it's so important. We've done it with team members, um, that radical honesty and ownership. And the second one that I had is just, again, similar to what Chrissy said, but was her first is like recognizing that everybody brings value. Um, We always say every voice matters. Um, It's so important to what we do in our group membership that everybody brings a life experience, a perspective, a thought, an idea that has value. And we have to set our own judgment aside, our own perspective aside in order to see that for what it is. And that's how we, how we grow. I think that's super important. Um, And yeah. And then the third one, just um, seeing failure as fuel for innovation. Like that is like, I, I can't stress how important that is, how that's changed the business. And that's something that Chrissy brought has it's more natural and innate to her. She's not afraid to just mess around with things and she's certainly not afraid to fail. But I think as she said, if you're, if you're too afraid to fail, you hold everything back. You hold everybody, every idea, you don't give anything a chance to take off. And the ideas that we've had that have actually, you know, really taken off, are ones that we never expected to have much, you know, possibility, but we put them out because we weren't afraid of them potentially flopping either. And I think, yeah, those three. I love that. And I love Elia that you're naming that as a leadership attribute for yourself. When you mentioned that that was not something in the past that was, you know, that you did really well. And now it's one of those things that is helping you to be successful. And I love that growth and change and like what a partnership can do for your own leadership, right? We learn so much from each other in partnership. I learned from the best on that one. Yeah. So thank you to Chrissy and Elia for being here. And I think, again, folks are going to have so many takeaways. We would love for you to share how people can find you and connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and the Tickety Talks at Data Driven Rebel. You can find us there. Um, We also love DMs to either one of us on Facebook. You can always just find us, DM us. We just, we love to hear from people. Um, but the main places you can find us are certainly Facebook, um, Instagram, and then our TikTok. 
beautiful. Great. And, and we're going to we link <laughs> in the show notes. Like, look at us start, like a married couple talking together. <laughs> we will link to that in our show notes. And we always end by saying thank you for your leadership. And Chrissy and Elia, we just want to thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you for yeah. having us. Thank you so much for having us. This was a great conversation. Thank you for spending time with us today. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And if you'd like a little weekly love in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list and get our guide to 40 powerful questions to accelerate your growth. The link is in the show notes. Finally, we want more leaders like you joining us each week. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.